Thank you, Jesus. If you have a Bible today, the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. And it's already been said, I, we're glad that you're here. Thank you for being here. I want to say thank you to everyone for your love and the way that you have shown your appreciation and love toward the pastors, Pastor Urshan and his family, and myself and my family. In the month of October, we, we felt greatly appreciated and we love you all. We thank you all for that. Amen. Isn't the, isn't the people of God, the family of God, just a great thing to be a part of? Amen. It's good to see, if you're from Grace Point and even from Tree of Life, you know it's good to see Sister Christine Hughes in the house with us today. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the work that God has done in her life and so many others as well. Peter wrote to the church in 1 Peter chapter 2 and he said, but you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. So that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Jesus told his disciples in John 15 and 16, he said, You did not choose me, but I chose you. Look at your neighbor today and say, you're chosen. Heavenly Father, we love you today. God, we thank you, Lord, for the presence that we feel in this place. God, your Shekinah glory surely rests upon your people today. And God, we ask now that your word, God, would cut through, cut through all of the elements to get to my heart today. Let our ears be tuned to hear what you would have to say to your people God, make us better today than we were yesterday, and we love you, and we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody said, in Jesus' name. God bless you today. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. God's ways of doing things are different than man's ways. His methods, God's, are most often Different than what we have come to know and understand, when, when man chooses a thing, man tends to choose based on preference, man tends to choose based on our own criteria, our own thing, man seems to try to choose based on accomplishment, based on accolade, based on success, based on merit. Maybe it's something that we've earned, something that we deserve. But when God chooses something, he does a little bit different than you and I might do it. His methods are, are a little bit different. When God chooses things 
And when God chooses people, he doesn't seem to use the criteria that we use. He, he doesn't seem to follow the same formula that society and culture follows. When God chooses things and people, he's not looking for the same qualifications. He doesn't look for the same human accomplishment. He doesn't seem to get preoccupied with resumes, pedigrees. No, he doesn't, he doesn't do. Education levels don't mean a thing. Our talent, our ability are, in, are inconsequential to a sovereign God. He doesn't follow the protocol that we follow. God just kind of uses his own logic when it comes to choosing for himself. Let me give you some examples of this in scripture. When God was looking for a people to call his own, he didn't choose a wealthy people. He didn't choose a kingly people or an especially bright people for that matter. No, he chose a simple people. He chose a people who really weren't even a thing yet. They weren't even really a people yet. They didn't even exist because when God spoke to Abram, Israel was just a gleam in his eye. Yeah. And in true creator fashion, God started with one man and one promise and proceeded over time to fashion a great nation. When it came time for that nation to choose a king, the people chose Saul because by their logic and by their standard, he was the clear favorite. He was the clear choice. The way they figured it out, Saul had all the attributes that you could want in a king. And yet later on, when it was God's turn to choose, he went in a little bit of an unconventional direction. He chose a skinny little freckled-faced kid out back sitting with the sheep. God seemed to have a, a different criteria. When God had to choose someone to deliver his people out of Egyptian bondage, he didn't choose the guy that they would have chosen. They would have chosen a guy who had it all together. They would have chosen somebody rich and somebody powerful. And yet God had a different idea. He decided to go in a lesser known direction. He chose an old has-been a vagabond, a fugitive who was living as a nomad on the backside of a desert. When God decided to come to earth to save mankind, to robe himself in flesh and become one of us, he didn't do it in the way that everybody expected he would do it. If the people would have had their choice, Messiah would have come with great power, with great pomp, and with great splendor. And yet God chose differently. He chose differently. He chose to come as an innocent baby in a lowly manger on a silent night in Bethlehem. And even when Jesus chose his disciples, his leaders, if you will, he ignored every popular idea of the day about what kind of a person could fit into that role. Men said, you ought to choose from the elite. You ought to choose from the educated. If you want to lead a spiritual revolution, you're going to need a star-studded cast of directors and, 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 and advisors. And yet Jesus, he took a different approach. He chose from the ranks of the uneducated. He chose those without any influence, common people. And all of these scriptures today 
and examples and more serve to you and I to understand that while God's choosing might not make any sense to a lot of us, and while God's choosing might not make a lot of sense to humanity, and while his choices might confuse and confound us, we find that when we let God choose, he never gets it wrong. Yeah, we find that God doesn't have a history of making bad choices. I want to remind us here today that God's ways are still higher than man's ways. I want to reiterate to us that our human wisdom is foolishness to a sovereign God. That our intellect pales in comparison. That our righteousness is but filthy rags to him. God is not impressed with my resume. He's not infatuated with my accolades. He doesn't stand in awe of my accomplishments. No, rather it is I who stands in awe of him. I must decrease so that he can increase. The book of 1 Chronicles chapter 15 tells us about David. And David has to devise a plan to move the Ark of the Covenant. David has established Jerusalem as its final resting place. Jerusalem is where a temple will be built. It's where God's glory will be on display. You remember that the Ark of the Covenant represents the Spirit of God himself. It's where the ark that God would make, it was there at the ark that God would make contact with mankind. It was at the mercy seat that God would lap up the sacrificial blood, signifying his mercy toward the sins of his people. And now David finds himself in a spot where he has to move the ark. The thing that represents the glory of God and the question has become for David, how am I going to do that? How am I, how am I going to accomplish this? First Chronicles 15 and verse 1, the Bible says, And David made him houses in the city of David and appeared a, or prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched for it a tent. And then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. That's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to move it. He, he's going to have the Levites carry it. Well, why, why would you have the Levites? Here he says, For them hath the Lord chosen. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister unto him forever. Now you might remember the Levites were the direct descendants of the tribe of Levi. Levi was one of Jacob's 12 sons, and since every son would go on to become a tribe, then all the direct descendants of Levi, Levi became known as the tribe of Levi. Not, not real hard to figure out, right? Now, interesting thing about Levi, Levi was one of only two brothers of the 12 that did not receive any kind of an inheritance from their father Jacob when he died. All the other brothers got inheritance. Levi and Simeon did not. All the other brothers were left land 
and servants and possessions and cattle, but Levi and Simeon got nothing at all. That doesn't seem fair. Why is that? Well, you, you, you remember they had a sister named Dinah. And in Genesis 34, Dinah met a young prince. The prince fell in love with Dinah, but he defiled her. He tricked her into relations with him, and this infuriated her brothers, particularly Levi and Simeon. And instead of taking the matter to their father and handling it the right way, they decided to take matters into their own hands. And even though the prince had tried to come and had tried to make peace and do what was right, that wasn't good enough for Levi and Simeon. And so in the middle of the night, they stormed the city and they killed every man. When Jacob found out what they had done, as you can imagine, he was angry. He was angry with Levi and Simeon, and because they had brought reproach upon his house and done this terrible thing, when it came time to make out the will, when it came time to pass out the inheritance, he just left Levi and Simeon out of the whole thing. Oh, you know you've messed up when dad writes you out of the will. Yeah. And when Jacob died, he gave out inheritance to all the brothers but when he got to Levi and when he got to Simeon, he just said this. He said, you guys are instruments of cruelty. You cursed by your anger. Instead of blessing them, Jacob cursed them. Instead of bestowing wealth and health and blessing upon these two sons, he simply passed them over and left them out. Levi had messed up. Levi had blown it. And not only for himself, he had blown it for all of his children and all of his children's children. Certainly all of his descendants would be destined to live under this curse. Everybody around him was going to be blessed. He knew it. He'd have to watch all of his brothers go on to greatness. But because, because of his bad choice, because he let his humanity get the best of him, Levi was certain that he would never amount to anything for God. He was convinced that he would never be remembered. He would be an outcast. He would be the, the black sheep of the family. He would be the brunt of the family jokes. And yet, generations later, God would need a people to serve the house of the Lord. Mm. He would need a group who could preserve and who could carry the Ark of the Covenant, His presence in the wilderness. Now I got to tell you, God had a lot of choices. He had a lot of choices. There were 11 other options. By any other standard of selection, the tribes of Reuben or the tribes of Judah might have been a better fit. Had it been up to man, perhaps any of the other 10 tribes would have, would have been preferred. And yet God, true to form, wasn't going to use the same criteria as you or me. All the other tribes seem to be right to man, but God is not a man that he should make decisions as man does. No, God has his own method, and he decided yet again to take an unconventional route. When God was considering who it would be that would minister in his house, 
when he was considering who it would be to, that, that he would choose to minister in his temple and, and handle the sacrifices that would atone for the sins of the people, when contemplating which tribe ought to serve as his mouthpiece to minister his word out of all the other tribes that he could have chosen, out of all the other ones that he could have selected, God said, I choose Levi. I choose the one who was cursed. I know y'all would have selected somebody else. I know y'all would have selected somebody with the reputation and the pedigree. But God said, I'm going to choose the one who was left out. I'm going to choose the one who had no inheritance, who had no future. I'm going to choose the least of these, uh, the one who got rejected. Can I preach to somebody today that God didn't choose the one who knew what it meant to succeed. But God chose the people who knew what it meant to have amazing grace poured out on them. He knew, he chose the people who had fallen. He chose the people who had been abused. He chose the people who had been hurt and been wounded. Who had been talked about. Who had been ridiculed. Been cast down and written off. Did he choose the people who deserved it? No. Did he choose the people who had earned it? No. He chose a people that he knew without a shadow of a doubt would appreciate his grace and his mercy toward them. Mm. My Bible tells me today that you and I we're a people who were born into sin, shapen in iniquity. We all are sinners. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if we're going to be honest today, we've done a lot more than just come short. Right? Some of us had really messed things up. The world had labeled us a failure. They... They said, well, they'll never, they're never going to overcome that family curse. They're, they're, they're never going to beat that addiction. They're, they're, they're never going to amount to anything. They, they'll always be a failure, failure. They'll always just mess up and they're going to goof up too bad. They, they've done it one too many times. And according to man's logic, you and I would never be chosen. Oh, but thanks be unto God that he doesn't choose like a man chooses. Yeah, Peter came along and he said, but you are a chosen people. Are you talking to me? Well, certainly you're not talking to me. Because, you know, I done messed up and I, I done made a bad choice and I, 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 I'm, 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 the, I'm the outcast of the family. I'm, I'm the jokes, I'm the brunt of the jokes at the Thanksgiving table. I, I, and certainly you're not talking to me. He said, no, you are a chosen People, you are a royal priesthood. Mm. But I say you are a holy nation. Yeah, you are a peculiar people. Why, God? I'll tell you why. So that you might show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. 
Because there was a time when you weren't a people. But now you're the people of God. There was a time when you weren't anybody, but now you're a somebody, and you're not just a somebody, you're God's somebody. Yeah. He said, which had not obtained mercy in times past, but now you have obtained mercy. I want you to hear me today. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I have been chosen. Mm. We've been chosen by God for a purpose. I want to tell you today, you're not here by accident. You were chosen to be here today. Yeah. Brother Sizemore, why would God choose me? I, I don't deserve it. I, I'm a mess up. I'm a failure. I've let my humanity get the best of me. I've let sin control me. Why me? I mean, when God could have chosen anybody else, he could have chosen somebody, somebody who was better suited, somebody with, with more education, somebody who made more money, somebody who had their life together. Why me? We'll give you two reasons today why God chose you. Number one, God chose you because he loves you. Oh, some of you weren't prepared for that. I said God chose you because he loves you unconditionally. Yeah. Let, let me prove it to you. Romans 5, Paul said, scarcely for a righteous man will one man die. But preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. And yet God commended his love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, while we were yet mess ups, while we didn't have it all together, Christ died for us. Oh, I want to tell you, great is the love of God for you and me. God's love surpasses anything that we could ever imagine. He loves you. He loves me. He loves his people. And he came and died for you and me. He chose us out of love. Oh, ho, ho. But not only did he choose us because he loved us. But let me give you the second reason that he chose us. He chose us because God needed a people. God needed a tribe who would be willing to carry his presence in the earth. He needed a Levi. He needed a tribe of people who would be willing to put the presence of God on their shoulder and walk to and fro amongst the earth. He needed a people who could preserve the Shekinah glory of Almighty God in a human earthly realm. He needed a people who weren't afraid to minister in the house of God and do what God needed to be done. He needed a people who weren't afraid to carry his presence in the earth. Let me tell you something, the Levites weren't just chosen to carry a box. They weren't just chosen to carry a piece of furniture. No, 
No, they were chosen to carry the very presence and spirit of God himself. Wow, what an honor. What a, what a privilege. That's not the kind of privilege you give to somebody who's messed up. Now, that's not the kind of privilege that we would give to somebody we couldn't trust, that, that we couldn't count on. And yet God said, when I was looking for somebody to carry my spirit in the earth, I, I looked for a people who I loved and who I delivered. Oh, oh, from being left out of the will of the earthly father to being the benefactor of the heavenly father. Oh, mm. from being rejected by man to being elevated to a place of closeness with the presence of God. Jesus told his disciples, I'm with you right now. But there is coming a day that I'm going to be inside of you. Yeah. He told them that, that he would send a comforter. His own spirit would come and that it would live on the inside of them. Now, if it had been up to man, man would have chosen the elect. Man would have had to vote on it. Man would have, man would have chosen somebody who was a little better, a little more educated. They, they would have chosen the teachers and the preachers. But when God went to choose who am I going to impart my spirit to? Who am I going to trust to be the carriers of my presence in the earth? The Bible says he chose some fishermen. He chose some tax collectors. Some folks who were outcast. And the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, the promise was fulfilled. The spirit came and filled the house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. God chose a new tribe that day. God chose a new tribe, a tribe of sinners, a tribe of failures, a group of cursed households who had been left out by society. He chose a people that had made some bad choices. He chose a people who were a lost cause by society's standards, people of no reputation, people of no inheritance, and he chose them to carry his spirit. And here's what, I, here's what we need to know today. Such were some of us. Such were some of us. Because it was us who were dead in our trespasses and sin. It was us who society had cast aside. It was us who had no hope and had no inheritance and had no future. But thanks be unto the Lord today that he saw fit to choose me. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I wasn't good enough for it. it didn't, I didn't make the grade. But God commended his love toward me that while I was yet a sinner, while I was rejected by man, he loved me and he chose me. And now the presence of God is no longer contained to a wooden box. And no longer does the presence of God dwell in the temple made with hands. Mm. 
But now that very same Shekinah, Brother Charlie, that the Levites carried on their shoulder from place to place. The very presence of God that they would walk around the wilderness with now lives and dwells in me. And now lives and dwells in you. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been chosen to carry the presence of God in this earth. You have been chosen when nobody else would choose you. When man wouldn't choose you. When society wouldn't choose you. God chose you. Oh, somebody ought to shout about it. I am chosen. been chosen. You can stand. You can stand. You can stand. Oh. I've been chosen to love the unlovable. I've been chosen to show mercy to those that have been misjudged. Oh. I've been chosen to be a light in a darkened world. I'm chosen to offer hope to the hopeless. I'm chosen to preach the gospel to the world. I'm chosen to serve in the house of the Lord. I'm chosen to minister to my fellow man. I'm chosen to serve the kingdom of God. Oh, I may not qualify to serve in man's kingdom. But I've been chosen to serve in God's kingdom. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, Jesus said, you did not choose me. But I have chosen you. That ought to do something to you today. He didn't choose me, Brother Diley. No, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't choose God. It, Jesus chose me. Huh. I may not be perfect, but I'm forgiven. I, I may have fallen seven times, but... But I didn't stay down. Oh, no. No. I may have been cursed by man, but now I'm blessed by God. I may have once walked in darkness, but, but now I'm walking in the, the light. <laughs> I may have been a child of the dark, but now I'm a child of the light. And all of this so that I might show forth the praise. So that I might testify to the praise of the one who has loved me enough to choose me. I want every head bow and eye close today. The presence of the Lord is still in this house. 
we're getting ready to sing and I, I wonder today if there isn't somebody here under the sound of my voice maybe you don't know what it's like to be chosen maybe you can't relate to having God wrapping his loving arms around you and telling you that you're enough but I've come to tell you today it is not you that chose him but it is he that is choosing you and he wants to wrap those arms around you today. He wants you to know that you are enough. By his grace, you are enough. He wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know that he died for you. He wants you to know that you have hope beyond this life. You do have an inheritance. You do have a greater hope. You do have something that the world didn't give you. And the world can't take it away. It's the love of God. He chose you. He chose me. We are chosen. Come on, everybody lift your hands right now. Come on, if you're glad that he chose you, I want you to thank him for it right now. God, I was undeserving. God, I didn't deserve it, but you chose me. As we get ready to sing, as we sing, I wonder who will come today. I'm going to open the altars. Maybe you're here and you just need to be reminded that God chose you and that he commended his love toward you when you didn't deserve it. Maybe you're here today and you've never repented of your sin. I invite you to come and let God wrap his arms around you today. Come on, who will come? Who will come and say, I am chosen. God, I am who you say I am. I don't care what man says. I don't care what society says. I am who you say I am. Oh, I am who you say I am. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You are who he says you are today.
Thank you.